It's great to see you. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Ken, and I'm so excited about what we're going to go over this morning. We are in a series called Work Matters, and the reason why work matters is because they tell us that 40% of our waking lives is spent working, and God cares about every part of your life. He especially cares about your working life. And so we're talking about just, okay, how do we as followers of Jesus navigate work? Last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 6 and we learned that attitude matters. So, you know, you got to go in with the right attitude. Effort matters. That we, we are going to outwork the people around us because we don't work for a paycheck. We work for the king of kings, right? And then we learned that motivation matters. And so, so we were talking about those things. Today we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3. Uh, verse 17, just one verse that I'm telling you, there's so much packed into this verse. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, and whatever you do or say, turn to the person next to you and say, whatever. 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 whatever it's every, whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So whatever we do, Whatever we say, we're to do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Most of your translations say, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does it mean to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus? I like the New Living Translation that says, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. So let's say that this week, Tim Willis, he's minding his own business, doing his own thing. He gets a phone call. It's kind of a weird deal. It's like a, a woman's voice who says, please hold for the president of the United States. And Tim's like, oh, crap, what did I do now? Right? And so he, he's holding, and the president comes on the phone, and the president says, Tim, we've been watching you. We've been paying attention. You're a hard worker. you got great attitude. I'm going to ask you, Tim, and your wife, Deanna, to be the U.S. ambassador to Aruba or Jamaica or Bermuda, Bahama. Okay, no, 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 we're not going there. So, so I, I want to invite you. And so you are going to have, we've got the U.S. embassy there is pristine. I mean, the whole idea of a U.S. embassy is when you walk onto that property that it's a representation of the United States. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You're going to have one of the most beautiful homes on the island what, what would you say? You, all your food's going to be covered. Like, you might have to think about it, right? You might have to, uh, Deanna's like, you don't have to think about it. We're, we're going, right? So what would it mean? Have you ever thought about this? Like, what does it mean? You know, we have U.S. ambassadors in every, like, almost every, like, nation. Like, what would it mean that Tim would now be the U.S. ambassador to, let's just pick Jamaica? What would that mean? It means that Tim, when he walks into the governor's office, the governor's palace at Jamaica, Tim isn't just coming as Tim Willis, Tim is coming as a representative of the United States of America, he has the full weight, the full authority of the United States of America is behind him. Isn't that incredible? Can I just ask you, right here from Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative, as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus. That when you go to school tomorrow and you step off the bus and you walk through and you go past, you know, the secretary's office and you walk into your school, you're not just walking in as a middle schooler at Fremont Middle School. You're walking in, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're walking in as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus. You're a representative of the Lord Jesus. When you go to Whirlpool tomorrow and you go into that place, 
You're not just going in as Joe. You're going in as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Isn't that awesome to think about? Now, some of you are saying, but Ken, you don't understand. I work in hell. Like, a few of us chuckle at this, but some of you are like, it ain't funny, because I really do. You haven't met my boss. My boss needs to be on medication, right? The, the people I work with, like, I can't, I, I mean, the language, the things that they talk about, the, the stuff that goes on, like, I, I, I hate it. I hate every day going to work. What, what about me? I actually, Dan was talking to me in between services, and Aaron, if we can have that mic. Dan, come on up here. Dan was telling me a, bit, a little bit about his work situation, and you, you hear me talk about this stuff, and you go, well, yeah, pastor. I mean, the worst thing that you have to deal with is Pastor Aaron, right? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, you, I, 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 you know, on the other hand, I actually have to deal with some stuff. I've known Dan over 25 years. 30 years? 35 years? Since you were like yeah, I've known this guy a long time, and he was talking just about his work situation. I was like, you know what, Dan, I want you to share this and give him some grace because standing in front of a bunch of people you don't know can be intimidating. But I love the fact that he was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. Tell me what you're telling me like a few minutes ago. Well, um, I work in a warehouse uh, for Heinz, and I work around people that aren't the most nicest people in the world, and they're, they've got their attitudes, and I've got mine, and people have tried to get me fired there by lying about me, and just, I, I have a hard time going in there, and I'm like saying, God, please, let me find another job to retire from, because I'm close to retiring, but I, I just want to keep working, but uh, we live by grace, and we go by faith, and I was at work, just doing my job, and this young kid uh, comes up to me, he's like 20, 21 years old, and he says, how do you, how do you do it? And he was um, very, very depressed, going through some really tough times. And he used to be a part of a gang, and he's changing his life around on his own strength. But he's doing really good, and he's staying faithful at his job. And he was just really at a low point. And I was like, it's only by Jesus. I mean, I told him what was going on with my life, what, how God set me free. I actually had a point in my life where I went insane, and I actually lost grip with reality because of the stress and stuff I was going through as a young man. And I said, the only thing that saved me was when I, one day I said, at work, I said, God, show yourself. Either kill me or show yourself, because I can't take life anymore. And he, um, I'm at my workstation, and all of a sudden, it's like it felt like oil was being poured out on me. And the oil went all the way down my bottom of my feet, and then it went inside of me. And then I felt like God was hugging my heart. And I was just, I was no good for the rest of the night. I'm, I'm in front of this workstation, bawling my eyes out. People are like, man, what's wrong with this guy? He's got problems. He, he needs medication. But um, that was one of the most pinnacle moments in my life. And I really knew that God was real because the firestorm in my head of my insanity, God's little fingers went, and it was out. And it was like, wow, this is interesting. I don't have the voices anymore. I told this to this young man, and he's, and he's like, and he's not saved, of course, and I, and uh, I said, I'll, pray for, I'll be praying for you. He said, I appreciate that. Thank you. I say all that because work is tough. you got your own problems. I have my own problems. I've got aches and pains. I've got concerns. And well, I'm too busy. I can't. I can't witness to this guy. But if you're faithful, God will give you the people. And when you, usually it's one of the time you don't want to give it to him. He's like, man, I'm tired. It's break time. I should be going. But God will give you the people. You just got to look for them. And God will show them up. And I... God gets all the glory. I'm, I'm the least of anybody. 
But yet I'm just so proud that and blessed that I could be used by God. Now I know why I, don't, I can't quit that place. Now I know why God won't let me get fired. Because he has a plan for us. Come on. And the same thing with everybody here. You got your situations at work. You got the, your, the person that's in your mind right now that you despise because they say things about you and laugh at you and make fun of you. That person God has for you to witness to. Don't, don't force it. Just let God do his work. And he will use you. Come and on. just That's how it is. Come on. Can you give Dan just a hand? Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. Some, some, some of you, like, I mean, and, and for some of you, you're like, oh, crap. Does that mean I got to work in this place the rest of my life? Here, here's what I want to say to that. And this, the, none of this is in your sermon notes. So you're like, when are we going to get to the seven points? We're, we're going to fly through those. Some of you are in a place of frustration. And you're, you're in a place of frustration, and, and, and you're in this place, and, and, and you're not using your abilities, and it flies against your personality, and you're not able to use experiences, maybe educational or other experiences that you've had in life, and you're just like, I, I, I can't keep working here. And I just want to give you some encouragement. I, this isn't a prophetic word, but I do think it's a word for somebody in this room that you don't have to work there the rest of your life. But there's nothing that says that you have to stay where you are, Right? What I would encourage you to do is, in the meantime, for the now, today, tomorrow, I would recognize that your attitude matters, your effort matters, and your motivation matters. And at the same time, it's not either or, both and, at the same time, I would get some people around you who love you, some people who are followers of Jesus, maybe a couple steps ahead of you in this journey of following Christ. And I would, just, I would just say, hey, would you pray for me that God would open up a better opportunity for me? A place where may, right now I feel like I'm a round you know, peg in a square hole. Like I, I, I can't keep working here. Ask them to pray with you. And then just start exploring. I think sometimes my, my grandpa or, or somebody used to say it. I don't know if it was one of my grandparents. But the devil you already know is better than the devil you don't. Do you ever hear that? It's not in the scripture. But sometimes I think that there's a fear inside of us that keeps us from exploring something else. And maybe God has something else for you. And the fear of, well, at least I know what I'm getting here. Sometimes it keeps us from looking. So here, here's what I'm saying. Keep working where you are. Keep the attitude up, the effort up, the motivation up. Get some people around you and just say, hey, would you pray with me? And then just believe that God has something else for you. And in the meantime, be faithful. Because you don't know what God wants to do through, through the oppression. You know, we're saying we raise a hallelujah. When I'm surrounded by enemies, I'm going to raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah, by the way, is a Hebrew for praise Yahweh or praise the Lord, right? So I'm gonna, in the middle of whatever, I'm just praising God. I'm praising God whatever I go through. I love that testimony. So, so we talk about being representatives of the Lord Jesus in our work. And I just wanted to give you some practical ideas. These are just seven. We're going to go through these real quickly. Seven things to pay attention to as you follow Christ in the workplace. Number one is pay attention to your start. Pay attention to your start. Would you say that with me? Pay attention to your start. What do I mean by that? Before, before you turn off the ignition, you, you drive into your workplace parking lot, before you turn off the ignition, before you get out and your feet hit the parking lot, students, before you get off the bus, here's just a prayer to pray. Here's a prayer to pray. Jesus, today I want to be your representative. I want to be your representative. Holy Spirit, would you give me eyes to see what's really going on around me, and would you give me the courage to do what you're asking me to do? 
It, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be like this huge, like crazy long prayer. It's just simply Jesus today. Help me to understand. I'm your, your representative. Maybe you're going into the high school tomorrow. Maybe you're at Terra Community College. Before you walk through the do- those doors, Jesus, help me to understand today. I'm your representative. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see and give me the courage that I need to do what you're asking me to do, to say what you want me to say. Pay attention to your start. Pay attention to how you start. Here's the second thing. Pay attention to your setting. Pay attention to your setting. Some of you have the opportunity to have your own personal workstation. Maybe, maybe you're one of the people banking in the room. You have your own office, you know, uh, not, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe for you, maybe students in this room, you have a locker. Even though my kids have told me nobody uses their lockers, Dad. What do you, what do you, what do you like, go to school in the 90s or something? Like, come on, like... Maybe, maybe for you, the space is your backpack. I'm, t- I'm saying, why don't you be creative, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and find a way that in your setting, whatever that is, that you can bring Christ into your setting. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a scripture verse just prominently positioned in your locker or on your office desk. I, I love Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Man, that's a good one. God, today, whatever I do, I'm going to work as unto you, not as unto my boss, not as unto my principal or a teacher, administrator. I'm going to work as unto you. I'm going to work with all my heart. I'm going to give it my all today. That's a great one. Maybe you don't have a workstation or a desk. I remember I worked a job once in Cedar Point, and I worked, and I, 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 could, I didn't have a desk or a workstation, so I'd walk around with a packet of salt in my pocket. I figured security couldn't get me for that. If you ever worked at Cedar Point, like they're constantly busting people for stealing stuff, right? So, so I'd have this packet of salt in my pocket, and it just reminded me, Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt of the earth. I'm like, I don't want to lose my saltiness. There's people around you that will try to steal your saltiness, right? And I don't mean salty like the way you think, <laughs> right? I want to have flavor. I want to be a preservative. I want to have proximity, right? So, so pay, attention to your, pay attention to your setting. Pay attention to your start. Pay attention to your setting. Do things. If you, if, you, if you work, your workspace or your office is disorganized, it's a mess. Man, that's not of God. Students in this room, your bedroom is a mess. That's not of God. I thought a parent would pipe in and say amen to that, but come on, right? Like, like God reaches into disorder and he brings order. So sometimes it's hard for us to follow Christ because we just have disorder everywhere around us. And God is saying, put in the time, bring some order out of that. Pay attention to your setting. Number three, pay attention to people. Pay attention to people. Listen, we work around people all day long and sometimes we get blinded to the people that we see every single day. And I'm saying that to just go into work going, God, help me to see the people around me today the way that you see them. Students. Do you start seeing the people around you, the other students, the teachers? I tell you, it wasn't until I I was an adult that I realized that teachers are dysfunctional. You know what? Like, I always thought teachers were perfect. And then then I became an adult and I had friends who were teachers. And I was like, man, they're fighting. They're fighting for their life. Like, really, everyone around you is in a fight. 
And that you would see people the way that God sees people. I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. Paying attention to people means I'm not gossiping. Do you see what it says? Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business. Some of you, that's the point you need to take from this sermon. I just need to mind my own business. It's not my circus. I don't have to deal with it. Right? And that other people will see. Other people will notice. Pay attention to people. If you work with the same people every day, I know some of you work in places where, you know, the people around you are constantly shifting or changing. But if you work around the same people every day, I just want to encourage you, man, know, know who they're married to. Know the name of their spouse. Know the name of their kids. Make it a habit. You don't have to do this every day, but make it a habit to look them in the eyes and just say, hey, how are you really doing? How are you doing? Pay attention to people. I, I have a friend of mine who works in an environment that's all about people. I mean, their business wouldn't exist without people. And I once asked, I said, so how, how's work? And they said, well, it would be great if, if there weren't no people. Like, well... Yeah, that's kind of the way it goes, right? We need to pay attention to people. We need to love people. Number, number four, pay attention to serving opportunities. Sometimes at work, you know, there's serving opportunities, and we, and we all see them, right? Like, we all see there's something that needs to be moved, something needs to be taken, you know, to another office or whatever it would be. And we all see it, and we're all waiting for somebody else to do it. How about as followers of Jesus, we just be the people that when we see an opportunity to serve, we just say, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. I'm just going to do it. I love, I love what it says about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus actually said these words. He says, the son of man did not come to be served. The son of man came to serve. Like Jesus could have. I mean, think about it. He's the son of God. He could have come to earth and he could have said, come on, peons. Do my beckon. Serve me. Make my life easier. He could have. And he would have every right to do that. But instead he comes to this earth and he says, you know what? I am going to stoop and bend on behalf of other people. I'm going to serve when I have every right to say, not today. I'm fed up. I don't want to deal with you knuckleheads. He had every right to do it. But no, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And he says this, my followers will be the same. My followers will be known as servants. You want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Serve, right? Here's the thing. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school tomorrow... Pay attention. Pay attention to opportunities to serve. We said number three was pay attention to people. I added number five is pay attention to difficult people. And you're like, Ken, I don't have to pay attention to difficult people. They get my full undivided attention whether I like it or not, right? How many of you know a difficult person? How many of you are sitting next to a difficult person? No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise. That, you're not supposed to do that. You know, difficult people, why, why does God put difficult people around us? Difficult people cause us to grow in love. Like, I think I'm a really loving person when I'm in my office with the door closed for three hours. But when I've got to be around a difficult person, it, it causes me to say, do I really love this person? Do I really love this person? Now listen, sometimes our culture makes us think that if I love somebody, it means I need to lay down and just take it. Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is say, hey, I love you, but I am not going to allow your dysfunction 
to screw up this atmosphere in this culture, right? Now, some of you don't have the authority to do that. You're not the boss. You're not the supervisor. But you know what? In in your family dynamics and other dynamics, as God gives you authority in the workplace to say, I love you, but we're, we're not dealing with this anymore. That doesn't mean that I don't love you. Speaking the truth doesn't mean that you don't love someone. In fact, in many cases, if you do it right and you do it with humility and you do it out of of God's leading and not just your flesh, it can be the most loving thing that you can do, right? I was at a funeral a couple weeks ago and I'm sitting in the back and there's a guy a couple rows in front of me, never met him in in my life. He's not here. But during the funeral, I'm looking at the back of his head and he has like this comb over thing going on. And like from the back of his head, he just looked absolutely ridiculous. You're like, pastor... You should be paying attention to funeral. You shouldn't be like judging people. I'm sorry. It's just how, and the whole funeral, I'm bothered by the back of his head. And you know what bothered me? I was bothered by, doesn't this guy have somebody in his life who loves him enough to take a picture of the back of his head and to show him what it looks like? Like, please, please tell me, right? Dealing with difficult people means I love, I love you, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to pay attention to you, and, and, and if necessary, I'm going to, with all the gentleness, I'm going to pray through it, I'm going to make sure that I'm not just doing this out of me being me, but can, can we tell each other truth? Can we love each other enough to say, listen, this dysfunction has gone long enough, and, and you don't have to be this person. Okay, I don't even know why I went that long with that. But pay attention to difficult people. Number six, pay attention to feedback. Let's just talk about the feedback. Sometimes you're not on the, sometimes you're the difficult person. Hi, my name is Ken, and often I am the difficult person. And, and here's the thing, like we, we're all good at giving feedback, or at least in our own minds. We're good at giving the feedback. The problem is receiving the feedback. And so the job performance comes ar- along or at school, maybe it's an exam, or maybe, maybe you're an athlete and it's a coach who comes alongside and wants to correct you in something. Man, it's so, I'll, I'll tell you, this is a hard one for me because instantly, like, I get defensive. Anybody else? Like, I mean, you just instantly, and I'm telling you, the people who are the, who are the best in their game are the people who are like, no, I want more correction. I want more correction. I want to know how to better do this. I want to be better at this. I don't, if I'm going to work in this job for the next 30 years of my life, I want to do it right. So bring it on. That's hard to do, isn't it? Pay attention to feedback. Pay attention to feedback. I I think this is so important for followers of Jesus. Let's keep rolling here. Number seven, pay attention to the end of your workday. Pay attention to the end of your workday. Some, some of you, and I, I don't want you to raise your hands and don't elbow somebody, but some of you are driven people. I, I'm, I, just, I apologize. I'm, I'm kind of a driven person, and so my mind is constantly going. That's a, that's a curse of leadership is you're constantly, seeing, you're constantly seeing the next horizon. You're seeing the next mountain that needs to be climbed, and because of that, the day never really ends, and that's not good. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, God creates on the first day, and he, and he finishes on the first day. He finishes, and he says, oh, that's good. That's good. And he gets some rest. God doesn't need the rest, but he's being an example to us. And the next day, he creates some more. And at the end of the day, he goes, oh, that's good. And the third day, he does oh, that's good. Here's what I'm trying to say. There needs to be an end to your day. 
There needs to be an end to your day. There needs to be a point at the end of your day where you can close the laptop. There needs to be a point in your day where you can walk away from it and where you can say, you know what, I did my best today. I I gave my best attitude. I gave my best effort. I'm being motivated not by the paycheck, but by the king of kings. And so I'm able to walk away and say, it's good. In fact, if you go into Carrie and I's bathroom, we have this little laminated sign, and and I put it there because I needed it, right there by the mirror, so every night when I'm flossing my teeth, I look at this thing, and it says, what was good about today? And I've got to do that for me, because I've got to every day recognize, God, you did something good today. I want to be able to, I want to have eyes to see it. We're so good at seeing the negative, right? God, I want to be able to, what was good about today? And sometimes it's easy to come up with that, and sometimes it's a stretch, And it doesn't feel like anything was good about today. Pay attention to the ending. Pay attention to how you end your day. I want to to share one more thing. This isn't in your notes, but this is something as I was praying. Literally yesterday, I'm praying in here. Nobody's in here. I've got the lights on. I'm just pacing back and forth because it would be weird if the lights were off. I don't know why I said the lights were on. And so I'm I'm pacing back and forth. And God just kind of showed me something. And so I I just want to show this to you, and and hopefully it will make sense to you of why we're talking about work. Because some of you are like, Ken, I thought thought pastors are supposed to talk about spiritual things. I thought pastors are talking, you know, we're just supposed to talk about the Christian life. And I don't understand, like, why you're talking about work. I don't go to other churches where they talk about work. And here's the reason why, is I think especially in American Christianity, we can be guilty of doing something. I'm, I'm about to use a great big word, but I'll explain it in a middle in a minute. Like we we are tempted to do something called compartmentalization. I told you it was gonna be a big word, right? Compartmentalization. What in the world does that word mean? It means we've got these different compartments of our life, these different bins of our life, right? And we have, we, have, we have the God bin. Maybe, maybe you'd call this the religion bin. So I, you know, maybe for you, you're a rock star. And so every week, you come on Sunday mornings. And this is, this is your God bin. And you're like, God, have your, God you, can, you can do whatever you want. This is your bin. This is your compartment. But then we have the entertainment bin. And you've worked so hard all day. And you get home... And I don't know what entertainment looks like to you. And I'm not even saying that these things are wrong or evil or bad. Maybe the entertainment bin is you get on Amazon and you just rack up. I mean, you can't wait for all those boxes to show up. That, that makes you happy to see all the boxes when you get home from work. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's, some, you know, alcohol. Maybe whatever it would be. But this, this is the entertainment bin. And when it comes, here's how we compartmentalize our lives. Is, is God comes and he starts to put his, his paws on you. And you're like, wait, 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 God. No, 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 no. You stay in this bin over here. This, this is my bin. This is my time. Get your nail-pierced hands off my bin. This, this is what we say to God in a sense. Like this is, this is I, I need my time. I need to be able to do what I want to do, and I don't want to really hear you in my brain. I don't want, now listen, I'm not saying that you come home from work, and you just put on worship, and you pray for five hours before you go to bed. That's not what I do. Doesn't mean that there's not TV shows that you watch, or sports that you watch, but that, that, that we do it with Jesus. What I'm watching, I'm watching it with Jesus. I'm allowing him to say, do you understand what was going on there? Do you, uh, do you understand the agenda that was just being presented there? Because I'm inviting Jesus into this bin. 
We, we could keep going with the relationships bin. Again, so many of us are like, Jesus, please don't look in this bin. Because I, I think I know a little bit better about relationships than you do, Jesus. You were never married. I've watched a few videos on YouTube. I think I got relationships down. You, j- Jesus, just please, just back up a little bit. I need, I need some space. What if Jesus knows more about relationships than you do? In fact, God created sex. God created sex. He knows how it can be best enjoyed. This isn't a sermon about sex, so you can chill out. Um, here's, here's the work bin. Again, 40% of our waking lives. The reason why we're talking about work matters is because this is, again, in American Christianity, we're like, well, I don't, we don't need to talk about work because God doesn't need to be a part of this. God, you stay over in your bin. You got your own bin, God. And God is saying, I, w- I want to be a part of every single aspect of your life. I want to be a part of, I want you to take the lids off. And I want to be welcome in every part of your life. And not just taking the lids off, but saying, Jesus, I fully serve. You have every part of me. I give you full permission. You can take every part of me, and I even give you permission to point out the stuff that needs to go. So he starts looking at you and goes, oh, Ken, that stinks. Ken, why are you holding on to that? That's just making you bitter. Ken, you don't need, can, can we get rid of that? Yes. Yes, I give you, you can, you can get into my entertainment bin. You can get into my relationships bin. You can get into my work bin. And this is a hard one because sometimes we're different around different people and in different environments. And so for some of you are like, well, if I let God into this bin, it's going to mean I got to start. It's just going to be different. I don't know how to make that adjustment. You know, if you'll surrender, he will help you doesn't have to be weird you don't have to go to work tomorrow in a suit and a tie unless your boss tells you you have to but you don't have to go in with a five pound bible thumping people over the head it just means that you go into work just going Jesus I today want to be your representative Holy Spirit help me to have eyes to see and give me the courage to say the things you want me to say and to do the things you want me to do so here's my question I imagine because of the number of people in this room that there's some of you that this is going, that that this illustration, you're going, that's my life. You've been religious, you've been spiritual in in maybe one or maybe two compartments of your life, but you've never come to the place of saying, God, I give all that I am to you. You can have your way in my life. I fully surrender my life to you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What is the kingdom of God? It's the presence of God, it's the rule of God, it's the reign of God. So I'm saying, God, you rule and reign and do whatever you want to do in me. Work matters because God wants every part of your life. And he wants you to be a representative of the Lord Jesus in all that you do and all that you say. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Can I just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment?
Have you fully surrendered your life to Christ? Have you fully surrendered your life to Christ? Have, have, you, have you taken off the lids of every compartment of your life and said, Jesus, you have your way. You do what you want to do. You want to you pitch some stuff? You want to take some stuff out and throw it away? I give you permission. You want to add some things? See, I'm telling you guys, this is where real peace comes from. So many people are looking for peace. So many people are looking for fulfillment. It comes from taking the lids off the bins and saying, Jesus, have your way. As long as Jesus is just given one bin, you're, you're going to find frustration in your life. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, can I just ask you this question? If you're here and you say, Ken, I, I need to open some bins. I need to give full access to Jesus to my life. I haven't. And today I recognize I need to. We just raise your hand? Yeah. All over the room, yeah. I'm not even going to say I see you because I see a whole lot of you. If you've raised your hand, you can lower it. Anybody else who wants to join in? I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't always do at Journey, but I just felt really led to do this. And this is going to take guts. It's going to take courage, especially for the first couple. But if you just raised your hand a moment ago, I'm going to ask you to walk up to the front of this room. You say, Ken, why are you asking me to do that? There's something about moving out of the space that I'm in in a spiritual way, in a symbolic way of saying, Jesus, I mean business. I'm going to ask you, I know it's going to take guts. If you raise your hand a moment ago, I'm going to ask you, you say, Ken, that was bait and switch. I didn't know you were going to do that. I'm telling you, I really believe God's going to do something in you as you physically make a move toward him. So if you raise your hand a moment ago, and I'm not going to call you out if you, if you don't do this, so don't worry. But I really believe, God, if you, if you mean business, God's going to do something in these next few moments. If you raise your hand and you say, God, I want to give you every compartment of my life. I want to fully surrender myself to you. No holding back. No empty bins. Go ahead and make your way to the front. Yeah. Still have plenty of room over here, guys. That's about to change. <laughs> Still room over here on this end. See, look, the enemy wanted to lie to you and say, you're the only one, you're going to be embarrassed, people are going to judge you. Not at all. Not at all. Anybody else want to join us? We still have some space over here on this end. You want to join us? I would have prayer partners come and pray, but there's too many of you guys. So can we just pray one for another for this next few moments? In fact, before I even pray for you, I want, I want to give you just a moment just to pray silently or maybe as a whisper. Pray whatever prayer you need to pray to God right now. Maybe it's a prayer of confession. Maybe it's a prayer of just thanking him that he's, that he's loved you through all this. That he's never going to let you go. Whatever prayer you need to pray. Let's, let's just take a moment, even if you're not up here in the front, maybe where you're standing, will you just pray just a prayer, whatever prayer it needs to be for a moment, and then I'm going to lead us all in a prayer.
Father, I pray for these just courageous men and women, moms and dads, students, aunts, uncles. God, thank you for their boldness and their courage to come up. And God, they're, they're making a move to you because they're saying, God, I don't want there to be a bin that you can't touch. I'm opening my life to you that you can have all of me. You get to have all of me, oh God. I invite you into my relationships. I invite you into how I entertain myself just at the end of a day, just to relax, God. I invite you in all those decisions. I invite you into my work, into my school. I don't want to be one person at church and be another person at work. I don't want to be one person at church and be another person at school. God, I want, to, I want there to be integrity in my life. So God, would you do your work? God, I pray for my friends today, that you would just baptize them in your love, baptize them in your spirit. May they have your courage to walk this out, that this wouldn't just be an emotional thing on a Sunday morning responding to a pastor, but God, that there would be an absolute power and conviction and strength to live the way that you're calling us to live tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. We need you. We can't do this without you. God, I pray for the baptism of your spirit. Your word says that your spirit clothes us with power from on high. That your spirit gifts us. Your spirit produces fruit in and through us. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Empower us for your purposes. In fact, all over this room, would you just put your hands out like you're receiving something? Someone's giving you something. Just put, put them out like in front of you. Like some, I mean, someone's about to put a baby or something in your hands. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know why I said baby. Can I just pray a blessing over you? God, we just receive what you have for us. We receive your spirit. We receive your strength. We receive your encouragement. God, coach us. Show us how to do this. We receive your word. May we hunger for your word. As we read your word, that it would be life to us, that you would show us how to live in the way that you've called us to live. We pray all these things for your glory, that your name would be exalted and glorified. Not us. It's not about us. That your name would be exalted and glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.